The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Peter Magaki for the pre-match. We're up against St Mirren. We have an opportunity for the first time at home, anyway, Peter, to celebrate the fact that uh, we are back-to-back league winners. Um, I'm flanked by Billy Conley, the proclaimers and primal scream. Peter is wearing a jersey that um, hasn't been seen that often, but it was worn. Uh, I still call it Love Street. It knew. Uh, St Mirren Park when they inflicted our first defeat of the season. Um, is that why you're wearing it? You're wearing it to commemorate the fact that, to obviously, to play against a team that caused us some issues, we had to rest a few players last week. Well, I think we rectified it, didn't we? We played them again with the same top and uh, we rectified it. So, no, uh, just like the top, aye. And there's a, a lot of tops getting flown about, so um, aye. Tons, tons to discuss on that, but like, um, I, uh, I just forget about the defeats this season because it's sort of been forgotten that I think it has been forgotten uh, the last week or so that we've uh, been back to back champions mm. because we've not been at home, uh, we've been playing away, we've not had uh, the crowd behind us or anything. So it'd be good to get back at home and uh, get the crowd behind us and and remember that we've uh, now come through a long season. We're one game away for a for a treble. I mean, this is it's unbelievable. So it's astonishing. You know, someone during the week, Peter, sent me. Uh, it was an old program, and it was in. I think it was the last home game of the season where we lost to ten under Jock Steen. And Jock Steen done his program notes, and what he said was, "Let's focus on what we did." Let's focus on the fact that we won nine league titles on a row. He said that because it seems to be getting lost uh, and all the, the noise around, you know, missing out on the 10th. So he goes, if we had won the 10th, we would have had the same disappointment on the 11th, if we had won the 11th and so on. So I think it's a good way to look at it. And uh, yeah, it's been an incredible season. We can't allow one performance, one result to uh, take our focus away from that. And we are look, focusing today on St Mirren's Challenge. Now, by the way, I don't know if any of you have got this. This is another wee belter here. Mug, look at that. This comes from uh, the Social Recluse guys, Carlton Boy. <laughs> I thought that was uh, quite fitting today because obviously there this morning was the mass down at uh, the Carlton, down at St Mary's um, Church, the birthplace of Celtic. And that was uh, to commemorate and more, and the statue, of course, now sits in the front gardens of St Mary's. Beautiful monument to um, everybody that came over and everybody that lost their lives in the 1840s. And then, obviously, a club was formed, and we know the story and we know the history. Let's have a look at the team, shall we? Um, and 
As probably predicted, um, there has been a few changes, and there's been four changes from last last week's performance against Rangers, and obviously we know how that turned out. Let's have a look at the team, Peter. So there we have it. Tony Ralston standing there looking um, every inch of the right back that he has become. It's, it's Joe Hart and goals. Ralston, Starfelt alongside Awata. Uh, Greg Taylor returns to the left-back berth. The midfield is unchanged with McGregor, Hatati, and O'Reilly. But um, Jota is the only one that survives from the front line against Rangers because Maeda and Kyogo have come in for Abada. And oh, all the players mentioned, Bernabe, O, Abada, um, and Kobayashi, of course, have all dropped to the bench. Uh, what do you think of the, the lineup? Is it something that you've seen happening, Peter? No, I definitely didn't see it happening. I thought he would have stuck with the same lineup as last week. I would have stuck with the same lineup because if you're going to throw them in at Ibrox and you need to persevere with them, if you're going to if you're going to try and get them game time, if you're going to try and get them used to a style of playing, a way of playing with each other in front of crowds and stuff, then you have to put them in. And I think I would have just kept kept the same team as last week. Even we all up top, I would have kept Kobayashi, I would have kept Burnaby because. These are players we've not seen enough of, and uh, and I've got question marks over one or two of them. So I really wanted to see them uh, pers- and persevere with the team. I know that he says he doesn't do freebies, and maybe he's seen enough last week to yeah. to drop them. That might that's a bit of a statement, I suppose, from him. And, and I suppose time will tell in the summer how much an effect that 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 game last week has had, whether we you know move people on or persevere with them. Um, because I don't think he's the type of guy that's um, got a lot of time to to wait for players uh, to to get up to speed. And a few of them have had, uh, like Sir Burnaby, he's had the whole season and he's still not uh, broken or, or looked particularly great in any games as, as, as far as I'm concerned. So I would have liked to see them getting a, getting a, getting a start, getting a couple of games in a row and then just to see if they can sort of cut it because they get thrown at Ibrooks, and I'm just wondering why would you put them in there if you're not going to persevere with them? You know, Lloyd yesterday on the bulletin, Peter said exactly the same. He would have stuck with the, the team because if the whole idea uh, behind putting them in in the first place, Peter, was to get the game time in their legs, as we've heard time and time again, or to challenge them when it's a, it's a big game uh, and a big environment that they've got to actually step up to at some point. Why not now when the league's won? So I heard all the arguments all week and then we look at the team lineup, and it's not the way some of us expected it to go. Uh, perhaps the biggest surprise, and we're going to go through each area of the park individually but maybe the biggest surprise is Awata because we know he can play at centre half but you know that's not his preferred position and I'm, I want to talk about what that says about Kobayashi we're up against a very physical side um, in St Mirren and I think that that might be on the mind of Ange Postacoglu the last two games Hearts and Rangers Peter I'm not sure Kobayashi stood up to the physical challenge and we're up against a player in Curtis Main who is a very, very physical player, wee strong guy. He is going to uh, need watch today, and I'm not sure Kobayashi was up to the challenge. What does that say about Kobayashi to you? I'm not sure, because he uh, looks a big guy. I think a lot of it comes with belief in uh, and wanting to put your body into places, because it's not as if he's a small guy. He's got the physicality, and he can, he can get stronger, and he's young. So it's it's a mindset of like wanting to be up for a battle. So it worries me that 
why why would you why would you leave him out? You've put him in against Hearts. You've put him in against Rangers. Yes, he struggled, but how is he going to get any better if you decide that in any game with some physicality that he can't play? So that that's not good enough. You have to have, you have to have players that can play as well as put put the foot in and and uh, win their tackles and stuff, just like Carter Vickers. Um, so. Again, I think if you're going to expose them to these type of environments, these type of players, these type of teams, then you have to keep going with it. And if you're not going to keep going, then what do you do with them? Because there's no point keeping something like that on the books. No, I'm not saying to sell them or anything like that. I'm just saying in general, um, if you're not going to persevere with these players, if if you're not going to expose them to these type of matches, then why have them? And why? And we've got the, and we've got the the opportunity and the platform. We have won the won the league. There is sort of little pressure on these games, and I'm sure it wants to go out and put a good performance on for the fans uh, today because that's the first time we've we've been back seeing the team. But um, sort of like you have to think into the bigger picture and uh, what this means for next season. And I think um, you have to sort of put these players in against these type of teams and see how they cope. Well, you look at today's game, right? And if Anne just looked at the, the situation against Hearts where I think Janelli and um, Shankland uh, kind of muscled them out. And then when you look at the Rangers game, that was a big criticism that I had um, where regards to uh, John Shooter's goal, I think Kobayashi should have done better in, uh, in the terms of that actual battle, that duel. But if you're playing St Mirren, you're going to get the same treatment from Curtis Main. If you're playing Motherwell, Van Veen's going to be in and about you. Um, Dundee United have got Stephen Fletcher, Hibs have got uh, Nisbet. I mean, th- this is something, this is an element of your games, a centre-half in Scotland. You've, you've got to have it. So I'm like yourself, Peter. I look at his, um, his passing ability, he's, uh, he's comfortable on the ball, all this kind of stuff, his composure, I like all that. But I do have a slight concern. Probably the concern has um, come from not only the two performances, but the fact that he's been dropped to the bench today. And we've got Awata, um, his, uh, his comrade coming over from Japan, who's looked, I thought, He's looked so far brilliantly um, positioned in the midfield area. I would have played him against Rangers. I said that leading up to the game. I would have started him against Rangers in the midfield. And he's now playing out of position uh, because of these concerns. So, yeah, that's it's not a case of us sitting here criticising the player individually, uh, pointing out that he was to blame for all our ills last week. It is a very interesting selection by Ange. Because, Peter, the thing is, we've got three games now where Ange is going to be making his mind up for the cup final. Um, and it would be interesting to say the least that um, if Awata plays well in the next three games and starts in the cup final Kobayashi who looked like a certain starter after the injury and the operation of Carter Vickers could well see himself on the bench Well I mean you look at the day if he's putting Awata in then uh, it tells you that it's hard to sort of read into the the thinking because obviously we don't know the information but he's he's obviously looking at Awata to maybe play in in defence then if he's uh, maybe not the long term, but maybe for the cup final, he's looking for a partner for um, for Starfelt. Um, because why would you play a Wata in defence when I don't think he's had enough minutes in midfield where we thought he was going to play? Mm-hmm. So he's putting him out of position, and that doesn't say too much about Kobayashi. He'll need to sort of have a look at that and think why am I why am I getting dropped uh, for a Wata who is a midfielder effectively? Uh, when he came, people did say that he could play in defence. Uh, but I don't think that was primarily why he was bought. I'm sure he was bought for bought for midfield. Um, but I it will be interesting because after last week, that's what I was 
I, I get I get you can't you can't uh, disrespect the opposition. Um, Inverness are a league below us, but it's a one-off game. Anything can happen. Red cards, penalties, things like that. And you go, would you be completely confident going for a treble with Bernabe, Kobayashi, you know, Ralston that hasn't played played so much, Starfelt out of position. You've got a back line there that's um, that's sort of thrown together almost and they haven't played a lot. So if you're looking at these players for the cup final, then that's why I would have played them again today. I don't want to see a lot of chopping and changing for the next two or three games before this cup final. Mm-hmm. I want to go in with a settled, a relatively settled team that have played maybe two or three games together yeah, and maybe won a couple. Exactly. You know, when the, the team lineup is announced um, before the cup final, Peter, we don't want there to be any surprises. I think that's safe to say going into a cup final. But one thing I would say, um, we'll move on from Kobayashi. One thing I would say, though, even if it's a player that, that Ange Postecoglou has brought to the club, it's almost as if that ruthlessness that he's got um, doesn't change. And, and I'm thinking of guys like uh, Moritz Jens, albeit on loan. He brings them in. He plays in Champions League. Um, if, if he doesn't fit, he'll move them on. That's exactly what he did. Um, I think Abelgaard was the same. Uh, Oliver Abelgaard. We never even really seen much of him. But Ange made his mind up pretty quickly. It didn't matter that it was him who was responsible for bringing him to the club. He just mm-hmm. thought, right, we'll cut the loan deal and off you go. And then even uh, Adeguchi, you know, we've raved about the success of the Japanese imports that Ange has signed since he came into the club. But if you're not doing it, if you're if you're not going to make it, Ange will move you on. And I think that uh, today is a, a smaller example of that. You know, he wasn't happy with the performance last week, so he'll drop you to the bench. On the bench, actually, uh, Scott Bain, who's just been handed a three-year deal, Haksabanovic, we might want to mention um, your thoughts on that as well about Bain. Haksabanovic, we've got Abada dropping back to the bench, Turnbull, Kobayashi, O, Bernabe, and... Um, Forest and Summers. Yes, I am scrunching my eyes up because my eyesight is that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, James A. Forrest on the bench alongside young Summers as well. Um, get your thoughts in about the team. It would be great to hear your comments. Tobago Street Police Station, Celtic Supporters Club. I'll tell you something about that CSCPR. I want a T-shirt and a badge. Send it over. I don't know how many members you have at the Tobago Street Police Station CSC, but I want to be an honorary member. A Wata with the wee eyes emoji. Yeah, exactly. Quite a surprise. Daryl is a Wata playing centre-back. It appears as though he is, unless the entire shape of the team is going to change, and I don't see Ange doing that. Paddy Lavery, afternoon to you, sir. It's always great to hear from you. And Magnet67, afternoon, Axon team. Interesting selection. Could it be a three at the back with a Wata as a holding midfielder? Listen, nothing would surprise me. Um, however, I would not expect to see the, the shape of the team changing. Let's have a quick look also at the St Mirren side. We've already mentioned one player who is definitely starting, and that is their centre-forward main, who's caused most teams in the league problems over over the period. We've got Carson, Fraser, Shaughnessy, uh, Taylor, Strain, Bacchus, O'Hara, Gogic, Small, Kilty and Main on the bench. Arminsky, Gallagher, Dunn, Kenny, Tanzer, Boyd, Munz, Taylor, O'Ford and Jameson. Uh, Stephen Robinson knows how to line up a team to make it difficult for just about every team in the league, Peter. And I expect mm-hmm. nothing different today. It's going to be one of the games where Celtic just basically need to um, start high tempo, uh, don't let St Mirren set out their stall, and hopefully you get an early goal against a team like this. 
Well, in my mind, I thought it was going to play the same back four. So I was sort of prepared to have maybe drop points a day or uh, lose a goal or two because I heard Stephen Robinson uh, through the week saying he doesn't want to come and just lose one nothing. So they're going to have a go at Celtic. So I do expect it to be pretty high pace, and I expect St Mirren to probably have a few chances, um, just depending on how how Celtic play. But I do expect them to come out and maybe cause a few problems because again they are very difficult and they. There's not a lot. I, um, I mean, I think we won. I don't know if it's four one. We won at, um, at St Mirren, but um, it was difficult for a, a long period of time. And, and a lot of the games that they've given us this season have been very difficult. They they know how to pressure. They know how to um, sit sit in a block and, and make it difficult. Uh, I thought actually the the cup game that we played against them they were really good. I think mm-hmm. we ended up winning like four one in the end or three one, but. Um, for a long time, it was difficult. I think it was one each for a long uh, period of the game. So, I they, they make it difficult, and they've got again. It's a sort of end of the season game. They've got nothing to lose, so they can have a go. And we had sort of like chopping and changing players, and few players coming in. Uh, the team isn't as settled as it as it usually is. Then, either could be a few surprises. I expect us to win, um, because just obviously we've we have got more uh, quality in the team, but. It could be a difficult game. We could concede one or two. It'll be interesting. Most of the Scottish-based Axomers are at the game, um, but we also have half a dozen uh, of the team out and about at Celtic Park today. You'll be able to identify them with the canary yellow shamrock tracksuit tops that they're wearing and go and say hello to them if you do see them dotted around Celtic Park. Um, Celtic follower, you're on the YouTube. Anybody who's on YouTube, you can comment by subscribing to the channel. Give us a big thumbs up on the video as well. It does help us grow the channel. Looking forward to see how good Awata is at centre-back. So am I, actually. It is an interesting move by Ange and Stephen Sloan. We've just been talking about this, Stephen. Is Kobayashi a goner already? If he's been dropped for a midfielder at centre-half, that's alarming. Yeah, I mean, I think what we were saying, Peter, is we're trying not to uh, have a knee-jerk reaction to this, but we did show a few examples where Ange doesn't, you know, mess around. It's, he's quite ruthless when it comes down to mm-hmm. it, even when it's a player he's identified, he's brought to the club. Brown Warrior, good to see you. You're back in the comments. It's a perfect solution. If a defensive midfielder can operate comfortably at centre-back, as they tend to be a bit more clued up, has to do what's happening in front of them and more composed in possession. Absolutely. And I think one of the examples you gave later on was um, Victor Wanyama could could do that. You know, he could quite easily sit at the back um, as well. One of the most interesting ones for me was Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton could play mm-hmm. centre-half, centre-mid, centre-forward. What an adaptable player he became under Martin O'Neill. And Jungle Lion comes in. Should have been last week's team. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the, the point you make, Peter, if... Last week was all about what we've suggested, you know, giving people games that haven't had it, giving them the challenge under um, the circumstances that you're facing at Ibrox with no Celtic fans. Then you would think that that would continue, and it's not. So it seems a bit back to front. We're going to run through the entire team today, but before I do that, um, has it been confirmed which, I don't know if you've got your eye on the action just now, which strip we're wearing today? Is it just the, the normal green and white hoops, the home That's jersey? Much, so I'm not sure. I'm not because sure. you like your jerseys, like myself, like quite a few of us on uh, the Axon team. Um, and there's been a few leaks and all that recently. Um, interestingly enough, I was being told by Lloyd, I don't think you'll mind me saying, Lloyd ordered the top that Adidas had on their website, you know, this uh, two-tone green effort. Looks like maybe an away jersey, or a third jersey, and um, Adidas started sending them out to fans without Celtic having announced that the jersey was was actually out there. 
And Lloyd, and I'm guessing hundreds, if not thousands of other fans have received a, an email saying, we've cancelled your order. We're not sending it out. So there's obviously been dialogue, Peter, between mm. Celtic and Adidas. And it's been decided, go and stop sending these jerseys out, seeing how we've not even announced it yet. Seems a bit of a shambles, doesn't it? I know, I know. You would think it'd be pretty straightforward. That's one of the only jobs they've got today, release kits and put them out at the right time. Uh, I don't know why there's always these issues. I mean, I get leaks and stuff, because obviously that's going um, to pique people's interest and stuff. But, I mean, for them to start actually getting uh, strips sent to them, is just mind-boggling, which is... Uh, pre- I was actually going to go on and try and see if I could get myself one, but uh, no, nah, no luck. But um, I, uh, it sort of annoys you because you want to be professional in every sort of aspect yeah. of the, the yeah. club. And things like this just sort of like... You try and not pay too much attention to it, but it really sort of gripes you. You're like, just just get this uh, get this right. It doesn't seem too difficult to do. You're all professional. You're Adidas. You're Celtic. You've got smart people in place, so why is this happening? So it's just wee things like that annoy me. But um, I and uh, and uh, and the rest of the kits. I mean, obviously uh, we've talked about that. Uh, I think it was the uh, sort of like sixty-seven, uh, nineteen sixty-seven style yeah. one. We thought was going to be the we thought was going to be the home one, which would have been brilliant. And then I think we've got a, another version, but which is yet to be seen. But um, I I don't know. I don't know about that one yet. It is it is very uh, amateurish. Unfortunately, I hate to use that word because Celtic do so much things well, but it seems like a breakdown of communications between the marketing team and Adidas. Um, and interestingly enough, there could well be people at the game today wearing that jersey, which hasn't really been released yet. So it's a bit bizarre. Um, let's have a look through the rest of the team. Then Joe Hart starts. He's now made 101 appearances for Celtic. Last week, I wouldn't say it was one of his finest. It certainly um, wasn't the worst on the park because it was a poor performance all round. Um, interestingly enough, though, we were talking about the goalkeeper situation, Peter, um, during the week. And at that point, we had six goalies on the books, including a few out on loan. Connor Hazard um, is still on the books until the end of the month. And we spoke about how we're going to deal with that. And my kind of take on it was we get rid of them all, except for Joe Hart, uh, Ola Yemi, and we bring a new goalie in. Um, that's obviously not what we're going to do because we've given Scott Bain a three-year deal. And I get all the different arguments around the fact that he's part of the homegrown player quota. I've heard that he's very good in the dressing room and on the training park. I don't think you get a three-year contract for that, personally. What did you make of that? Were you surprised at Scott Bainan? Or do you just think, listen, that's a no-brainer. He's a backup. Um, we might have a another goalkeeper coming in, but if we do, then I think we're admitting that Seagrist hasn't worked. And if that's the case, you've got to move him on. What do you see us doing in the summer? Well, it was at the Blue when, uh, when it was announced. I was like, Scott Bain, three years, really? The only way I could sort of put that down is if maybe maybe it took a maybe it took a wage cut, you know, if it was maybe a one year deal that if maybe split into three. I don't know how it works because I don't think you get a three year deal for through from being a third choice goalkeeper and hardly playing. So it was a big surprise. Um and it makes you wonder like why is the club doing it? The only thing that you can point towards is this homegrown player thing. That's the only reason that I could think of keeping them because in reality, you need to, if you want to improve the squad, you need to trim these type of players. No saying anything against them, but I mean, he could go and play elsewhere. He could go and be a first-choice uh, goalkeeper elsewhere. So 
Um, and he seems to be the second choice uh, for the last wee while because um, I see this hasn't worked. And I wasn't ever sure about him, just the age of him. And he's a good big goalkeeper, but I was like thinking of the, the Ange style. And I think he needs goalkeepers that are going to play with their feet. And Joe Hart was even a push with that, and he's had to sort of adapt and and learn. So when he brought him in, it's, 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 I thought it was more of a club signing than an Ange signing. I don't know if it was maybe just to to fill some numbers and add a bit more depth. But no, I agree with you. I'm I'm a I'm I've always been big for trying to trim the squad and add quality. Yeah. If we can do that, do you know what I mean? Trim the fat, add a bit of muscle, um, have fifteen to seventeen really really strong players rather than. 22 or 25, you know, bit parts that aren't really contributing. Let them go, free up some wages, free up some money and bring in more quality. But listen, uh, we we don't know the ins and outs yet, so um, we just have to accept that, you know, Angus maybe had a part in it and and, I, and uh, agreed that, that that's what should have been done. The, the length of it is unusual to me. That was the unusual part because... I'm thinking of his age. Like, why you don't? You're not under no pressure to give anyone a three-year contract. So it must fit in, fit into their wage structure and all that sort of thing. So we'll just have to trust the club that they know what they're doing. But I would, like you, I would, uh, I'd certainly trim some uh, some goalkeepers. I would keep the Oliviemi because he's very young, and you can't just write somebody off like that. So keep a youngster, have a have a backup, and have a really mm. good first team goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things there that I totally agree with you on. With regards to the Bain, um, the Bain announcement, I think it says more about the future of Segrist. I think that that's almost a, an admission that Segrist has gone away. We're giving you the, the number two. We've got faith in you. There's a three-year deal. And I, I do think when you look at the fact that, let's say you look at the performances and the appearances of the, the first three-choice goalies, Joe Hart, Scott Bain and Benji Segrist, this season, every single game bar two, has been played by Joe Hart. Um, thankfully, he's not had a bad injury. There was a couple of moments where he, he looked as though he might have. He's not had a bad injury. There's been no periods where he's he's been out. Um, and it looked as though Seekers was going to be the League Cup goalie. He got two games in the League Cup and then he himself got injured. Uh, but he's been fit since March. And uh, Scott Bain, as you say, has been sitting on a bench since then. So of the three goalies, um, a tiny percentage of games has been played by the other two. So I think you can afford to have Toby Oluyemi is your third choice. He's a guy people keep going back to. Um, I think on his debut or his second performance for Cork City, he let in a really, really soft goal. What you've got to look at, I think, is the fact that he's a guy who was um, really sought after when we signed him from Tottenham Hotspur. He's been capped at every single um, England underage level up to under-20s. He's hugely rated at Celtic and by Stevie Woods. And he's only at Cork to try and get him some game time, maybe above a level of fifth-tier Scottish football. Um so therefore, I'm not writing him off. The rest of them can go. And I'm a bit like yourself. There's been a lot of discussion. We've done a pod on it during the week around the European endeavours, the aspirations, the ambitions, the vision of the club. Does it match Angie's vision? Does it match the fans' vision? And um, a lot of pundits have come out and just written that off, which I think is very short-sighted because I spoke to Jim yesterday about the very same thing that you just mentioned there. You trim the squad. You get rid of the four goalies that you don't need. You get rid of the likes of Stephen Welsh, and uh, James McCarthy, but guys who are in and amongst the, the kind of first-team squad who are not contributing, you get rid of eight of the lone players that are out, and you combine that, and for those 12, 13, 14 players, you bring in four, 
they bring in four or five of real quality because mm -hmm. everybody, it's not so that's going to weaken your squad, Peter, because the guys I've just mentioned aren't contributing anyway. And absolutely no way are they contributing mm -hmm. to the first team. So you bring in four, and I'm talking players of the quality of Carter Vickers and Jota, Kyogo, that type mm -hmm. of quality. And then you're looking at Celtic as a completely different animal going into Europe. And it's as simple as that in my mind. And I asked Jim in terms of the finances, he says, you know, as long as, you know, it meets the, the structure financially. The big thing for me is there's, we're too top-heavy in many, many positions. You get rid of all the guys, and I'd much rather have one quality player over four of the people who I've just mentioned. So I think it is doable, and I think it's very short-sighted for anybody to question whether or not Celtic can make an impact in Europe. We don't expect them to challenge Man City. Nobody does, Peter. Mm -hmm. But there are levels in Europe, just as there are levels in the domestic game. Um, we're getting very close to, to kick-off, so let's run through some of the other changes. Um, in terms of people that have dropped onto the bench, O will obviously be very disappointed, I will, as will Burnaby. But I think also Abada. And I think Abada will be very disappointed because he's not like the others who we've mentioned too. We don't know what he's he's capable of because we absolutely do. And um, I would have expected a much better performance from him at the weekend. Do you think he's maybe been thrown in a wee bit prematurely last week? I think we've seen it with a few players. Uh, Moy Hatati, I think, and uh, Abada, I think. They've come back for a relatively long, maybe a month to six weeks injury. And... Um, you're expecting them to hit the ground running again, and it it seems in this in this team that it's going to take maybe three, four, five games for them to really get back up to speed. Um, but I Abada is is a hard one because he's we we love him, we think he's got great numbers and stuff. But again, generally most of his best appearances are from the substitute bench. So you have to think is that where Ange sees him from? But I again like uh, I, I I wouldn't have changed the team for the last week. I would have put them back out. And says go and rectify it, have a uh, and have a better performance. So I would have I would have kept a badder, and I certainly would have kept a one because I think I don't know why people are uh, uh, maybe not seeing what I'm seeing. With that. I get he's not he's not at Yakimakis sort of levels just yet. He came in it he came in it like um, New Year January, so I don't know how many months that is four or five months. Um, the the goal against Hearts um, it gets across the guy. That's a very Yakimakis type uh, finish. Mm -hmm. He's young, he's strong, he's big. I can I can see a sort of big future from him. So I, I certainly wouldn't be be writing anybody like him off. Uh, and again, with, with strikers, you need service and things like that. Um, so I would have I would have liked to see him get another another few games under his belt because I think he sort of he needs it. We know what Kyogre can do. Uh, I don't think it's necessary to play him in this game particularly. But obviously, Ange wants to sort of balance it. We keep him the keeping the players that are potentially going to start in the cup final sharp. Mm -hmm. So it's a sort of balancing act. He has to work for the next few games. Yeah, the most unfortunate thing about O for me in the game was he didn't get a second chance. He never got an opportunity to rectify that miss that he had, which was a very good chance in the first six minutes of the game. Um, we're just about to kick off, actually, so we'll get to the action. We'll let everybody go and get the kettle on and uh, watch the game. As I say, if you're at the game, you're... Uh, you see the yellow shamrocks go up and say hello to the Axom team and I'm sure they'll be delighted to speak to you. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Um, about 600 live on the stream today. Um, absolutely, uh, absolutely tremendous every single time we come on live that you all join us and get involved in the chat. If you like what you hear, give us a thumbs up. Uh, all that's left for me to say, go and enjoy the game and thank you to Peter Magaki for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind.
Sports Social Podcast Network.